welcome to the 10th episode of Conscious Awakening. Today I have Carly Ching. She is a wellness advocate because she loves to do yoga. She's a yoga teacher, student of yoga. Um, she's a massage therapist, health coach, etc., etc. <laughs> but I've actually known yoga, uh, yoga. I've actually known Carly since sixth grade. Fun fact, we were in orchestra together. Oh, yeah. um, and our paths somehow crossed again, and we were co-workers, but that's another story. <laughs> anyway, another lifetime. Yeah, in another lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so she definitely wanted to talk more about yoga, because I haven't talked about that yet on this podcast. Um, so let's just get your background. How did you start getting into yoga? Um, so like most people, when I thought of yoga initially, I thought, you know, just some type of exercise that I could do to become more flexible. Mm -hmm. I'm always, I've always been more of like an athlete, um, like the strength component, things like that have always come pretty easy to me. Um, but flexibility is always something that's like eluded me. Um, so when I was, I've always been interested by yoga in that aspect, but when I was about 18 or 19, I really kind of started going to classes um, pretty regularly at like LVAC, which is, you know, the local, one of the local gyms we have here. And um, I, found, I found this instructor, her name's Marissa, and I kind of just fell in love with her class. And I really liked that her type of yoga wasn't like the sit still and be calm and just like be comfortable sitting or whatever. Um, it was like really kind of difficult for me. It was very much like a strength uh, building practice, but also helped me to increase my flexibility. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but that style of yoga that she teaches is um, Ashtanga based, which is what I teach now. Um, so that's how I kind of got introduced to it. I didn't even know that it mm -hmm. was like kind of a more traditional form of yoga. Um, and I started working with Marissa one-on-one -on -one when I kind of like realized like, oh, I really am into this. Mm -hmm. And um, I also suffered really badly with anxiety um, pretty much all through high school and college. And yoga was just one of those things that helped me kind of manage my anxiety. Um, I was very stressed. Like, I'm sure you remember those days as oh, science, yeah. science majors. Yeah, bio majors. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was always stressed um, over school and things like that and pretty much I did yoga regularly to kind of keep me sane um, and then so I guess 19 is 18 19 is when I started and like three or four years after that after working with my teacher kind of one-on-one -on -one for so long she was like you should do yoga teacher training and I was like kind of really hesitant at first and honestly even through my yoga teacher training and after the fact I was still really hesitant about being a yoga teacher because yeah. um, as much as I love yoga and love doing yoga and like what it did for me I didn't feel kind of qualified or like mm -hmm. ready to be a teacher to share it with other people and I think that still applies like even now mm -hmm. um, but that's, you know, with her kind of persuasion, I did the yoga teacher training. Um, so I did it in a more traditional format. So traditionally, you know, you work with your mentor or your guru like one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. and over a course of time, you know, they teach you about yoga and, um, you know, eventually then you are like qualified to share it with other people. Um, nowadays they have um, Yoga Alliance, which kind of like regulates better you know what 
qualifies you as a teacher, essentially. Yeah. Um, it's, it was kind of just put in place to help, you know, make sure what, like, the information you're getting is quality and, like, not just anybody can be a yoga teacher and that type of yeah. thing. Yeah. So I think it's necessary, but also, like, has its, like, caveats or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I did the, the yoga teacher training with my teacher one-on-one -on -one over like 18 months. Oh, um, wow. So I'm 200-hour certified. I'm very slowly working on my 300-hour, um, but I am certified through Yoga Alliance. And I've been teaching now, actually, at Sin City Yoga, where yeah. we are, for a couple years. And um, I really love it. But that's kind of how I discovered yoga and how I got into it and how I got, you know, became a teacher, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I was going to kind of transition a bit and say that we are at Sin City Yoga, which is where mm -hmm. you teach. Um, it's located downtown on Main Street, so if you're ever in the area, come do yoga with Carly. Um, you do it on Sundays, right? So yeah, I teach Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Um, I was totally off. <laughs> no, and I do teach on Sundays as well at noon, so I'm here three days a week. Um, so, and there's lots of other classes, so I teach mostly um, Ashtanga, which maybe we'll talk a little bit more about, but there's all different um, types of yoga here. We have like restorative. Yeah, I was about to ask, like, mm -hmm. so what are the different types of yoga? Okay, so um, here we have restorative, we have yin, um, there's like a huge umbrella term called vinyasa. Mm -hmm. um, and what else do we have? Uh, we have like, you know, power yoga, and um, then there's like Ashtanga and some other things. But um, there's a bunch of different types of yoga, so I'm mm. not even entirely sure that I know all the different varieties. It's all good. Um, but kind of the two main lineages are Ashtanga and Hatha, um, and then kind of everything else stems from those two. Um, but essentially, like Ashtanga, what I teach is kind of again more of that like you get both the strength building component and the flexibility um, whereas like restorative is kind of a type of yoga where you make yourself comfortable so you use props like these that we're sitting on and these blankets and, mm. and blocks and things like that to essentially get into a posture to make yourself like as comfortable as you can be and then just relax into it mm. um, yin is kind of similar but it's um, it's very like very much longer holds, so you're holding a single posture for like upwards of five minutes plus. Um, whereas like in Ashtanga and like Vinyasas, you're holding things for like maybe five breaths or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course power yoga is another like umbrella term that's for people who want like more of a, a workout. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, those are kind of the main ones. And Vinyasa is actually a term that um, means pairing movement with breath. Mm. Um, so it's a huge umbrella term that um, really any vinyasa class you go to, I can't really tell you what to expect except, you know, it's going to be different based on the teacher. Mm. Um, there's usually music um, and it's more kind of flowy, um, kind of more dance-like, I would say. It's mm. not really dance-like, but kind you of definitely... Yeah, you yeah. have like smoother transitions and maybe it looks prettier to somebody from the outside. Yeah. Um, there's also... Yeah. There's also Bikram yoga, I think? Is that the hot oh, yoga? Oh, yeah. So Bikram, um, I believe, is actually a style um, based off of the Ashtanga sequence. So I believe the founder injured his knee. Um, he was like a professional power lifter or some type of athlete, but mm -hmm. he injured himself and he kind of discovered Ashtanga, which is what um, I do and I teach, um, but he modified it. 
and he incorporates the heated room. So heated room and I think like high humidity. Um, that's an interesting concept actually because um, in like Ashtanga and other forms of yoga, um, you don't have the external heat. You work on building like this internal heat mm. that helps you become more flexible. It helps to transform you, um, that type of thing. And kind of the heated yoga or hot yoga um, kind of has the different approach where you heat the external environment to help aid you in becoming more flexible and mm. to um, kind of facilitate greater range of movement and things like that. Yeah, because the heat essentially relaxes your muscles and allows you to... Right. Yeah. I'm a little bit biased in that I don't like hot yoga um, <laughs> and I don't really think it's a great idea um, because, you know, when you're externally manipulating the body, um, sometimes you can go into ranges of mo movement that are not necessarily like safe or accessible for you on yeah. a regular basis. Um, personally, I'd, I've tried Bikram and um, I actually had an instructor who injured me. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, so I was pretty flexible at the time, like going into an intro class or whatever. And, you know, most of the time instructors can tell like, oh, who's a beginner and who's a little bit more advanced or knows yeah. what they're doing. And so I think that's what he saw in me and like went over and was like, oh, you can go deeper into this. And he literally like pushed me down and it popped something in my knee and it hasn't quite been the same since. Oh, um, no. But that's just more of like a not so much like Bikram is bad. It's more like that could happen with any instructor um, mm -hmm. if they're not careful and things like that. But again, I'm not a huge fan of the external heated environment because mm -hmm. I think you should focus more on the internal heating. And like in my class, um, in Ashtanga specifically, you focus on breathing, really like fundamental um, working on your ujjayi breath, which mm -hmm. is, maybe you've heard that term, it's um, a victorious breath, it's the breathing with sound. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes you really warm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oops. My bad. It's all good. I should probably <laughs> go do that, but I don't have my phone here, so hopefully it doesn't go off. That happened last time too. Sorry guys, my phone went off. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah. Um, is ujjayi breath the same, as, it's not the same as a lion's breath, right? Where you go like <sighs> um, So that's a different technique. Oh, um, it is. Yeah, ujjayi breath is um, essentially like when I teach, I explain it as like the constricting of the back of the throat. So it's when you create this foggy sound, um, like when you clean your glasses or your mm. sunglasses. Um, uh, I, I do yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, so it's really kind of loud and um, it serves two purposes, one to heat the body and um, the second to serve kind of as like an audible reminder of the breath. Mm. Um, so that like even though, like even when you're moving and things like that, you're keeping track of, of your breath and hopefully moving with it and things like that. In a sense, when you do, like going back to focusing on your breath, is that mm -hmm. essentially also a form of meditation to some people, like just in general or maybe to some people or? Oh, totally. So. Um, it's funny because yoga uh, is actually like the idea of yoga that we have like in Western society is this like physical workout mm -hmm. um, when in reality like yoga is kind of like a lifestyle um, and it's also well it is definitely a lifestyle but it's kind of like a, a teaching or a way of teaching people to kind of get control of their mind their body 
um, so that they can kind of reach enlightenment. Mm -hmm. um, it's not religious, although some people tie like religion to it. Um, it's not in that aspect, but so what we know as yoga here, like kind of what we've been talking about is actually called asana, which mm -hmm. is the physical practice of yoga. So the shapes that you see like down dog, mm -hmm. um, child's pose, those are all asanas um, or postures. And um, so another component of yoga is actually like meditation and control over the mind um, and its activity. And um, in the yoga sutras kind of they talk about how you get control over your mind and things like that is through getting control over your body so that's why they have like the asanas as a way to kind of teach you to get control over the body so that you can then get control over the mind yeah. but for a lot of people you know um, physical moving um, like in the asana practice is meditative um, yeah. But you can also get it like from things like knitting or mm -hmm. um, crocheting. I hear a lot of times people, you know, go into like a meditative state. No, that makes sense. Um, so it doesn't have to be the like the asana practice to get that meditative mindset. Mm. But that's one tool to get to that point. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, I remember what I did. I haven't done yoga in a while. But when I did do <laughs> yoga, and even when like I used to, when, yoga, uh, when Carly was teaching and trying to get her license well is it called license certification 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 we were mm -hmm. like doing yoga in the park yeah i'm <laughs> probably gonna bring those back i occasionally do free sessions in the park just yeah. to kind of share yoga with people but yeah and then if if you've never done yoga before and you tell yourself oh, i don't want to pay for a class blah 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 there <laughs> yeah. are there there are outlets out there like carly who does do it and show it for free okay some from mm -hmm. occasion but come take a class with her in City Yoga. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here more often, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the weather's kind of not that great right now. So yeah. you can't really be at the park right now. I can't believe how much it's been raining. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like in the, it's, it's beginning of February. Can you believe it's already February? It's I can't. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so I know you also wanted to talk about gut health. Um, and I don't really know anything about gut health. So what exactly do you want to? Sorry, I want to talk about. Um, so the Sorry, my, my connection was lost for a second, so I was like, "Oh my god, oh, is okay. my GoPro okay?" <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. All right. Um, so the reason why I wanted to talk about gut health is more um, to kind of bring it back to the anxiety thing that we talked about and kind of like how I got into yoga. Um, and I like to tell people, you know, yoga is the first tool that I found essentially to help me with my anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, but it definitely didn't cure me of my anxiety um, because it's, I mean, it's great. You, I definitely recommend yoga. Everybody mm. should do more yoga. Oh, yes. But, um, you know, I think, you know, it's just one kind of pillar of things that you need to kind of put in place so that you have like a healthy overall like body, mind, spirit type thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that the gut health is like completely linked to, you know, physical health and mental health, emotional health, all that stuff. And um, it's funny because when I started getting really into yoga, you know, I naturally just started eating better as like a side effect of, you know, moving more and being kind of more in tune with my body. And mm -hmm. um, that kind of has put me on this path to like, you know, being a health coach and like healthy, helping people kind of start the journey that I started many years ago mm -hmm. and, you know, find their way and navigate and that type of thing. But 
um, <clears throat> essentially what you feed your body is like what you're feeding, you know, it's, it's your, your fuel. Yeah. yeah, it's your, it's fuel for your soul too. So, mm -hmm. um, it's important to, you know, eat clean and things like that. And I think the more active you are, it just kind of comes naturally. Um, especially like when you're working out or moving like five, six days a week. It's like when you eat kind of crappy food, like you feel it when you go to work out the next day. Oh yeah. And, um, I know over the years, like I don't really drink alcohol much anymore, but like the days when I would occasionally partake and then I'd go and do yoga the next day, like I would sweat like literally the alcohol out and mm. like sometimes you could smell it. Mm. Um, and like sometimes when I have students and stuff like that, like I can tell when they've been drinking or something because oh, like you can, you smell, can it. smell it. Oh, that's yeah. insane. So it's pretty crazy. Wow. Um, I definitely think nutrition and like physical health is, um, you know, intrinsically linked. Oh yeah. Um, but the gut is something people don't really think about. Like you actually have more like emotion bodies in your gut than in your brain. So yeah, in Eastern medicine, they, they talk about the gut as the second brain. Mm. Um, so a lot of, you know, I think it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, seems common or like maybe common knowledge that like, you know, what you eat affects how you feel. Oh yeah. Um, so it's like when you think about it that way, it's like, oh yeah, it is kind of my second brain. But when you, when you talked about gut, gut health, the first mm -hmm. thing I thought of is kombucha. It's like kind of like the fad that's going yeah. on right now. But <laughs> yeah. like, um, I try to have kombucha like every morning because I heard that when you have it before you eat, that's when, when your gut is empty, that's like the best time for it to kind of clear out everything mm -hmm. that you had the day before. Is Am I correct? Or I don't know, that's um, what I'm I researched. Not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely sure about the science of that, but it does have probiotics, which are good for your gut health. Um, mm -hmm. So essentially that's like healthy bacteria that you're putting in your stomach to keep the, the, good, the good bacteria in your stomach happy. Yeah. Um, like you know, most of them don't know, but I studied um, biology in college and mm -hmm. actually microbiology was my uh, major. So I spent a lot of time, you know, working with microbes and things like that. And it's crazy how much we don't know about like microbes in general. Oh but yeah. One of the craziest things that I learned in undergrad was that like we actually have more microbial cells in our body than we have human cells. So kind of when you think wait, about what? that, that wait, what's the difference? Um, so, you know, like microbial cells are just so much smaller, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. per cell count, we have way more microbial cells in our body than human cells. Mm. So when you think of that, it's kind of like, are we a human, you know, with bacteria living in us or are we mm -hmm. like a human house for bacteria? Bacteria. <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy. But yeah. So probiotics like kombucha are really good for like essentially feeding your healthy or your happy and your good bacteria and mm -hmm. keeping them happy and healthy so that you don't get sick. Um, they don't get like taken out by the bad guys. And yeah. Things like that. No, I feel like I still don't fully understand kombucha because I mean, mm -hmm. there is the fad going on. Of, like a lot of yeah. people just drinking kombucha because they. I don't they like the stuff personally. <laughs> oh, you don't like kombucha? <laughs> yeah. I only drink a specific brand because they have good mm -hmm. flavors, but their mm -hmm. sugar level is also pretty low. Yeah, we actually, it's funny, we had some here on tap um, for a while, and I actually like that one. I forget the brand, so don't quote me on it. but. Mm -hmm. There are some brands that do taste better than others. Um, I think it's important to look at sugar content as yeah. well because, you know, when you're buying stuff like at the grocery store, 
you know, like, oh, kombucha, you think healthy, but then you look at like the sugar content. And yeah, it's like some there's the like 30 grams of sugar, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, so that's not healthy. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I drink Health Aid, <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> I drink Health Aid because yes. there's sugar, con yeah, I know it's sponsored me. <laughs> Your sugar content's probably like around 12 to 16, which mm -hmm. it still seems like a lot, but it's natural sugars from what I know. It's not like yeah. added sugars. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, go go to check out Health Aid. <laughs> yeah, I think um, natural sugars are definitely what you want to look for, just like you know, in fruits and things like that. Um, but flavors and things like that are usually synthetic. Um, yeah. So it's just it's important to look at what you're eating and what you're putting in your body, um, which is also you know that's actually a form of yoga or part of yoga um, is like taking care of your whole being. Um, so like we did talk about like the meditation part. There's also what's called pranayam, um, which is like breath work exercises. Oh yeah. So that's kind of what we talked about a little bit with like the ujjayi breath. That's part of the pranayam, um, the lion's breath that you mentioned. And there's like a bunch of other techniques um, that you can learn to like master. And it's pretty crazy. I, I only know a handful, honestly, um, other than the ones that like are in the Ashtanga, like yoga asana practice, um, but it's very involved. It's crazy that there's just like a different language with yoga. Oh, totally. Yeah, I just yeah. whenever I heard the moves, like when I took my first yoga classes, I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't know what the heck they're talking about. But so I have to see. But then it's <laughs> when I I have to see, but I don't have my glasses, so it's like harder <laughs> for me. I get it. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, but if you do if you do have glasses, don't let it don't let it stop you. I mean, oh, for sure. I yeah. so my glasses are huge. They're probably bigger than Rosemary's. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And I used like when I started, I wore my glasses like mm -hmm. it kind of sucked because they'd slide down and whatever but I managed and then nowadays I use contacts just for the sake of it but yeah. um, I've definitely had days where I just like take my glasses off when I do it blind but um, it's kind of funny that you say that because like the language of yoga is um, Sanskrit um, which does seem very foreign at first mm -hmm. and like hard like really hard mm -hmm. um, and I know honestly probably for the first three years of my practice, like I could understand maybe if people were saying it, but like I wouldn't be able to speak it or like, you know, like say what or I like was Or like confidently doing. say it. Yeah. Right, yeah. so like if somebody told me a pose, I'd be like, oh, it's this one and I could show them. So mm -hmm. it was kind of just that association of the word with the posture. Um, and I really try to emphasize that with my students. Like I get that they have no idea what I'm saying, but like yeah. I just say it over and over and over again, hoping that, you know, it'll, it'll click. Yeah, it'll mm -hmm. click. And it wasn't really until I did my yoga teacher training and like actually started teaching yoga that I was like, oh snap, like I should probably like really know these. Yeah. But even now, like sometimes I get that mixed up and cause it is another language and like the more you use it, the easier it gets. But like if you don't use it for a while, it's a lot harder. Yeah. Um, so uh, I just wanted to show you this. Obviously your uh, viewers can't see. Oh no, I can punch in. Okay. It's 4K. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So this is the Yoga Sutra of Patanjali in its in um, kind of its Sanskrit form. And it's kind of interesting. Like I love language and I know mm -hmm. you also like learning like Japanese and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So um, if you look at it, it's very like precise. And so oh, Sanskrit. Wait, show it to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Sanskrit is supposed to be like very, it's supposed to be like 
the perfect language, like very precise and like to the point. There's no like flourish to it. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the entire Yoga Sutra um, in this tiny little booklet. Oh, yeah, see. Can you see? Yeah, it? go for it. So that was paired with this book. <laughs> so this is the translation of that book. Oh, look at you all yeah. prepared with your props. <laughs> yeah, well, I just wanted, I thought it was interesting, but Whoa. so this tiny little thing gets translated, yeah, into this entire book. So they break it down into the Sanskrit, so like the actual Sanskrit there, and then like the, I forget what it's called. It's like the romanization, so like the, um, the way that we can read it and mm -hmm. interpret it, so like how we would sound it out, so something like this. So wait, do you have Roman numeral 215? <laughs> yep, 215. 215. Wow, I can, I, this is the first time I, I think I've ever seen scan, Sanskrit. Yeah, so 215, if you look wherever you pointed, so this top line, yeah. that's Yoga Sutra 215, which is the same line here. And then it breaks it down into the romanization, so kind of how we would read it. And then it breaks down like the actual translation word by word. And then like this is the like interpretation of it. Oh wow, that's insane. So this is a really great book. It's crazy that it's so much thicker. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I want. Like it's funny when you talked about the language of it because it's definitely um, unique. Like oh yeah, it's its own component. Um, but the fun thing about Sanskrit, though, is that it is kind of like universal. So if you were to go take a yoga class, like in France, where they only speak French, mm -hmm. and you don't speak French, like you could probably go, especially to an Ashtanga class, um, like Mysore and stuff, they typically teach in, or they lead primary, things like that. They're called out in Sanskrit. So if you know the Sanskrit, then you can follow along, mm. like in another country, in another language, no That's problem. That's so cool. But yeah. Have you ever taken yoga in another country? Yeah, so um, I've actually done a couple of yoga retreats. Um, I did one in Thailand mm, for a week. Mm -hmm. um, it was really fun. It was on the island of Koh Phangan. Um, so I did that when I went backpacking for like a month. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, yeah I remember you did that. <laughs> yep. Um, but that was in English, but I did do another retreat in Costa Rica um, where they did do um, Spanish, which was kind of fun. Mm. Um, when they did call out the Sanskrit and stuff like that, like I could follow along, but then, you mm -hmm. know, other times I had to just kind of like look, look around, around and be like, like oh, okay, that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on my Spanish, but it's definitely not, not fluent or anything. Not, so. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but that's the thing, like yoga is, it's like a universal Practice, yeah. yeah. So Sanskrit is a universal like language of yoga. Um, so if you know it and you can familiarize yourself with it, then it becomes easier when you go to other countries and things like that and take yoga. But um, like the movement is the same pretty much anywhere you go. So mm. I think it's it's like dance. Like dancing is universal. Like you yeah. can go to a dance club somewhere and be fine. Like even if you don't know what the songs are saying yeah. or any yeah. or the bands are singing. That so it's kind of like that. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know I really should get back into yoga. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> needs more yoga. <laughs> so what do, do you have like any tips? I know like there are a lot of YouTube videos out there. I mean, mm -hmm. I did I did her YouTube video yeah, actually. Yeah, I have a little one. So actually that's what I send to people like when they ask me like, how do I get into yoga? Or like, I want to do yoga, but I'm too scared to go to a studio or something like that. So. First, I would like to just say that going to a studio is your best bet. Um, most people 
in studios are super friendly and love having new people come that you know have never done yoga before like mm -hmm. it's an honor that you know when people have never done yoga and they show up to my class like I feel honored mm -hmm. that they chose my class for whatever reason and um, you know people are like it helps to like read class descriptions I will do that caveat so if you're a beginner obviously you don't want to go to like some super advanced yoga class because they are going to be moving at like a higher like a higher pace yeah. like more advanced postures things like that but like in general if you just show up to like a regular class or like a mixed level class they're going to offer like um, modifications um, so that you can do the posture comfortably and safely, things like that. And of course, if you're um, really shy, maybe take an intro class, something like that. We have them here at Sin City, um, but most yoga studios do. But for somebody who wants to practice at home, like you're just a homebody or you're more comfortable at home, that's perfectly okay too. Um, Rosemary helped me make a little video and I send that to people. <laughs> it's just the sun salutations. Um, and I say just the sun salutations, like that's um, some simple thing, but actually the sun salutations are like the preface or the beginning of the primary series for Ashtanga or most Ashtanga practices, but in and of itself, it's like an entire workout mm -hmm. um, and it's an entire yoga practice. And it takes about maybe 15 minutes a day to do like five sun salutation A's and five sun salutation B's. But if you did that for the rest of your life, like you would be in great shape mm. because it does, um, it gets like a, your heart pumping, a little bit of cardio. Um, it helps you to kind of calm the mind, which is always important to um, connect to the breath. Um, but it also does include things like back bends, chest openers, leg strengthening, arm strengthening, all that good stuff. Um, it's, it's obviously very mild. Um, and it's only 15 minutes, but like I said, if you only did that, like if you did it every day for the rest of your life, you'd mm -hmm. be in awesome shape. Wait, so what's a sun salutation? Is that what you like yeah. sun, like, like yeah. the sun? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so Surya Namaskar is the Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. They have two forms, um, A and B, and essentially it's just like, it's kind of like a series of postures that you do. Um, they were originally, I believe, intended to like literally salute the sun so like thank the sun mm. which is our source of life source of energy mm -hmm. um you know for for its existence and for you know allowing us to be here um but again i don't think it's religious it's never it was never intended to be like worshiping the sun which a lot of people think um but it's more like a thank you to mm -hmm. the sun mm -hmm. <laughs> for all that it does yeah. in my opinion um, Sorry, I forgot the microphone. No, it's all there. good. Hold on, let me check something real quick. All right, cool. We're still good. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just kind of like a series of movements. So pretty much any any yoga class you go to is going to have some type uh, or form of a sun salutation in it. Um, the full variation is kind of what's taught in Ashtanga, but they have like modified forms. Mm -hmm. um, and you'd like you'd recognize it. Most people call them out either as sun salutation, sun A, sun B, mm -hmm. um, shortened, or like the Sanskrit is Surya Namaskar. So. Yeah, I remember you saying that in your voiceover. Yeah, she, she had to like come over and do a voiceover for her video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, is it is it okay if I actually put that YouTube link in the description? Yeah, you can put it down. Cool. I don't have it like, I don't have it like public or whatever, just because, um, kind of like what I talked about in the beginning, like I. 
I'm definitely like a student of yoga and I do teach it. I've been teaching um, in a studio for a couple of years now, but like at the same time, I feel like I don't know anything about yoga mm. and like I'm not qualified to teach it. So I, um, I definitely like would love people to, if my video is helpful, like by all means share it. That's what I do with it. Um, mm -hmm. I just don't have it. Um, open to the public because yeah, I get it's nervous. Unlisted. Yeah. Hey, no, 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 no. I totally get it. No, <laughs> but that's I remember. more me. But yeah, yeah it's just um, my intention with that video was to help people, you know, it, who asked me, like, what can I do yeah. to have, like, a visual aid mm -hmm. that they could follow and also the verbal. Um, although I will admit it's a bit fast for people who are just starting. Um, so maybe try to keep up with it or maybe just kind of listen to what I'm saying and then move at your own pace. Yeah. <laughs> if it resonates with you, just yeah. work with it. Go with yeah. it. Go yeah. with the flow. Mm -hmm. Always listen to your own body. Yeah. Listen to your gut and your intuition. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to your gut health. Yeah. <laughs> your gut needs to be healthy for you to listen to it. <laughs> but yeah, seriously. Yeah. I don't recommend like eating junk food or drinking lots before doing yoga, that type of thing. But that just seems like common sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, did you say like a day before or like a couple of days before? I mean, essentially, mm -hmm. you're not supposed to really eat junk food in general. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. But um, I see no harm in indulging every now and then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, drinking yeah. too. All, all things in moderation, and it's all about balance. Mm -hmm. um, I think, honestly, one of the hardest things for me to learn um, through yoga is balance. And, um, like, for a while there, I was very, like, serious about the practice, you know, really committed to doing six days a week and, mm -hmm. um, like, living the yoga lifestyle. Yeah. And then I got so caught up in that that I it kind of became overwhelming and like I was too hard on myself and all these things, which is like the opposite of what yoga is supposed to be, you mm -hmm. know, teaching you. And I think that has to do with like our programming yeah. um, and like our cultural kind of like. Yeah. But you had to go through that to learn exactly. to come back to your balance. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so if you had like one advice for somebody who's starting or like, who has the knowledge of yoga but hasn't really applied it? Do you mm -hmm. have, like, what's your one advice? Um, so, <laughs> my advice would probably be to just get out of your head mm -hmm. and do the work. That's you know easier said than done. Um, it's something I struggle with all the time. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, but um, we spend so much time thinking about things when you know that's just like our ego talking, um, protecting us or getting in our way, mm -hmm. what have you. But um, if you really want to, you know, better yourself, um, maybe eventually reach enlightenment, things like that, then just start really. Um, mm -hmm. Wherever you're at um, is fine. Um, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And then like, there's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, no, I'm not flexible. Blah, I love blah. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not flexible either. <laughs> um, but seriously, I'm not flexible. So um, I love hearing that because when people tell me, like, oh, I'm not flexible, like, I can't do yoga, um, the whole reason of doing yoga asana or the physical practice is to become more flexible yeah. in both <laughs> body and mind. So. Um, you know, it's not about the physical. It's not about what you look like. 
Um, you know, Instagram is really good about showing us really beautiful postures done oh, by yeah. very flexible, bendy people. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's great if it exposes and inspires somebody to then, you know, want to start doing the work themselves. Mm -hmm. But um, having said that, I think that, you know, like with anything on social media, that's just like a curated um, moment moment yeah. like you don't know how long that person was holding that posture you don't know what it took them to get to that point in their practice um you know a lot of people are actually you know naturally more flexible than others mm -hmm. um you know a lot of people maybe are more open in the hips but not so much in the shoulders so what might come easily for one person might be really difficult for somebody else and vice versa yeah and i see that a lot in my students so um, you know, as in life, um, as in yoga, like comparison is there serves no purpose. Yeah. Like your journey is your own, your body is your own, and you kind of have to just listen to your own body and respect it, and like you know enjoy your journey because it's different. Um, I mean, I've been doing yoga now since I was like 19, I'm 26 or something, Yay. so a few years under my belt, and some things that I still struggle with. Um, you know, my students. I'm teaching them how to do it and like they've some of them have surpassed me and I'm like you know what that's great yeah it's like, um, cool. and you know if I got caught up in that and like oh why am I teaching if like these people are better than me uh things like that it's it doesn't just serve yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. serve anybody it certainly doesn't serve me um I actually had somebody who was like oh well you teach yoga like you must be super flexible and I'm like oh well, there's that stereotype yeah. yeah and I'm like well actually no and he's like well shouldn't you be able to do all the postures if you're teaching them and I think that's a valid question. Um, I think my knowledge of the postures allows me to teach them to people and assist and them in the proper in it. way. Exactly. Yeah. But I definitely know my own limitations and like what is um, helpful for people, and also know when it's out of my league. So mm -hmm. I will then, you know, like send them to my teacher or to another teacher who maybe you know has more success or knows more about a certain thing than mm -hmm. I do. Because I definitely don't know everything, and I'm not an expert in everything. So mm -hmm. um, I don't claim to be, and I think that's how most people should approach their practice. Um, yeah, the humbling. You gotta be humble yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's also safer that way. You don't want to injure yourself. So. Yeah, that's true too. Mm -hmm. Are there any like other stereotypes that you hear about, you know, like being a yoga teacher? <laughs> um, I, I don't. Uh, so there's probably too many to think of, but I think the whole like yoga hippie stereotype is oh, yeah, kind yeah. of interesting. Um, like the whole kombucha fad and like chia bowls or yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. healthy eating um the acai bowls acai bowls <laughs> yeah um i think those are all great things um and i think it comes when you're kind of more in tune with your body which is what yoga helps you to achieve mm -hmm. there's definitely that fad component with yoga in general that's a very like western thing mm -hmm. um and also thanks to social media um but it's also prevalent like in yoga schools um, like hammock yoga, um, like that's fun, but like you have to have oh, like in, and like the goat yoga and yeah, all that. like yeah. those things. Um, they're not. I would consider those more like fads, like just like more like events. Yeah, it's yeah. more. It's honestly more like just like a fitness fad than it is yoga. 
like, like what yoga truly is right yeah. because it's it's truly like a lifestyle it's like working on yourself to better yourself mm -hmm. and as cute as goats are or kittens like <laughs> um you know i wouldn't want them in my way while i'm doing yoga <laughs> yeah yeah um, like how does that even work like goats are climbing like, seeing videos of goats climbing on people i'm like yeah. how are you supposed to do your pose <laughs> um i haven't personally done it but from everybody i've talked to who's done it it's more like there's like a smidge of yoga in there and then most of the time you're just like posing playing with for the pictures yeah. and like playing, and playing with, with the goats yeah, or yeah. getting pooped on. <laughs> oh no. So. Okay, then I'm probably not going to do goat yoga. <laughs> I know. Honestly, some of the goats, I'm like, if they're really tiny and cute, like that would be fun. But um, mm -hmm. some of them look way too big and I'm like, I don't want them climbing on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. And um, with the whole, going back to like, some classes have music. Mm -hmm. um, do you think yoga is better, like, if they play not calming music, but more like upbeat music? And like, I've gone to some where it's like mm -hmm. hip hop. So that's really fun um, because I actually don't play any music now when I teach. Oh, you don't? I don't. So I'm one of the few people who does that. I'm probably the only person in this studio who does that. But mm -hmm. um, I really like. I do a lot of. I like to talk to people about the postures they're doing. Um, I do a lot of cueing, but I also like to throw in some philosophy here and there. So I spend a lot of the time like talking during my class, but I also want people to focus on like their breathing and being able to hear their breath. Mm. And when you're in a room full of people who are all breathing like with the ujjayi breath, it's actually really magical. Mm. And um, it has an energy that you can feel and oh, hear, yeah. like it's oh, audible. Yeah. Um, so I don't play music, but I have, I actually, um, when I first started teaching, I started doing, um, I used to do deep house yoga Yay. with like a live DJ and like they had me hooked up to a microphone and like the DJ would just like do his thing mm -hmm. and, um, we would do flow to it. And like, I think that's great. I think it's fun. Um, there's something about like a lead class versus self-led, um, which is a another thing but um when you're in a lead class and you have music i definitely think like live music especially like either a live dj or like a live musician is like it adds to the energy in the room oh, yeah. um <clears throat> like especially live but i don't think it has to be live to do that um but like i've gone to wanderlust which is like a yoga festival oh and, yeah um, i went to that up in tahoe a couple years ago actually it's been quite a few years now but they had like a live um guitarist band and like a girl partner who was just like leading this yoga class um with the person playing music and like it was really powerful um and then you know the like, djs and stuff i think that's really fun it's really great and depending on the like the music that you kind of resonate with or vibe with i think it can really like enhance your experience as oh, far yeah. as like either helping you find that meditative state or just like helping you relax um, and really get comfortable. And I don't know why that light is switching. <laughs> Hopefully it stops. <laughs> Strobe light. Someone's it here. us. Someone's like, live DJ. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I think one of the hardest things though, when like as a teacher, like picking music to play is yeah. really hard for me because I want something that adds to the experience but doesn't take away from it and become mm -hmm. distracting um so it's it's funny because like one time 
when I was first teaching, like I had this kind of like acoustic Spanish playlist and I thought, mm. oh, this is great because <laughs> who speaks Spanish? It's very calming. <laughs> it's very calming. <laughs> yeah, and like nobody knows what they're saying. Um, but obviously then I was, you know, I had some Spanish speakers in my class and mm -hmm. Luckily, like, there was nothing offensive, like, in yeah. the lyrics Music. or anything. Yeah. And they actually were like, oh, like, I love that artist, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was good. But you run the risk of, you know, like, offending people or, like, taking away from their experience depending on... <laughs> oh, my God, that light. <laughs> um, depending on what music is playing. Um, I have one friend. His name is David Vandermeer, who teaches over at Trifusion. I've, I've heard his name so many times. I don't know yeah. why. I've seen him on like Instagram. Anyway, sorry. This yeah, he's a great me. guy. I love him. Um, he teaches at Trifusion up in Summerlin, and I highly recommend his classes. They will kick your butt. Um, <laughs> he is really good about making me feel like I is can't it like do is it like advanced yoga? It's mixed levels, but he definitely. Um, I think he plays more for advanced people, mm -hmm. um, but that's not to say you can't like play safely in his class if you are a beginner. Mm -hmm. um, but he um, always had really great playlists, and he often like asked me for music to contribute to his playlist. But Aww. like I remember one time taking his class, um, he had like a Radiohead playlist, and like I love Radiohead, mm -hmm. so. I was like, this is really cool, and I was like jamming out. And but you were like kind of like distracted. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a different yoga experience. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm kind of biased and very much into the Ashtanga like traditional tradition, yoga. yeah. yeah. Um, most days I don't practice with music, but some days when I'm just really not feeling it, like I will put on headphones and just like move. Um, like I remember one time I just like had the weekend playing in my Oh, head. nice. <laughs> yeah, it was just like not yogi at all, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like sometimes you need music to tune out everything. So mm -hmm. I don't even know that I was listening to it, but it helped me to get in my like, zone. Yeah, yeah, in my in space. Zone. And I think music can be very powerful in helping people get into that right mindset or that right energy. Um, so I think you know, it's also very obvious when you have a teacher who has a really great playlist and that like flows and like, like they just have it down. It. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then somebody who is, you know, maybe not so great at their music selection and it's kind of choppy or like jumps from one thing to the other and it like is distracting. It's like, oh, what, what is happening now? Yeah. Like, so I think um, that's really powerful. Um, but also, so like chanting and stuff like, I don't know if you have ever experienced chanting. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't until I went to Wanderlust, like I think I'd been doing yoga two or three years before I went to Wanderlust, and I'd never really been into like the chanting. Like I thought that was some hippie yogi thing, right? Yeah. Um, at the beginning of my yoga journey, I was very much only into like the physical aspect and like. Um, it kind of helped my, you know, anxiety and like my mental state, but I wasn't like really into any of the spiritual or yeah, any spiritual of that. Like, yeah, I was yeah. completely like not there yet. Um, so when I went to Wanderlust, that's when I really experienced the power of like chanting and just like the the Om, the universal sound. Yeah. When you have like hundreds of people oming at the same time, like it's really amazing. Like it's magical. Oh, I want to experience that. Yeah, it's oh, really man, cool. That sounds amazing. Just mm -hmm. thinking about it gives me goosebumps. Yeah, because <laughs> like 
obviously there's this the audible but like you can physically feel like the vibrations oh, and the yeah. energy so it's really powerful and that i think that moment is when i was like oh shit like You're there's like, something oh, there's to some this powerful, <laughs> like, what is this? yeah exactly like i think there's you know something to this chanting thing mm -hmm. um so and then I had to, like, I do the opening and closing Ashtanga mantras for my students usually, um, and a lot of them have been working with me to learn it, so um, that's kind of fun, but it's, you know, also kind of a musical aspect to it. Um, mantras, um, chanting of mantras and mantras in general are just um, things that you can, like, repeat. For those of you who don't know what mantras are. Yeah, I was about um, to say, what's a mantra? Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's tons and tons of mantras. Um, a lot of, you know, like the yoga ones are in Sanskrit, um, but you don't have to necessarily chant them in Sanskrit. You mm -hmm. can find um, translations or even just like words or phrases that you want to repeat um, because words have power, like chanting has power and it's kind of like the manifestation of an energy in like word form or sound form. Mm. Um, so very, very powerful stuff, but that's, again, like another aspect of yoga that a lot of people aren't in, in tune with. So there's actually, um, it's called Kirtan, it's K-I-R-T-A-N. Oh yeah, I've heard yeah. of it before, but mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. It's, it's pretty much like chanting um, mm. and like the, the chanting aspect of yoga. Um, a lot of people have, I think it's called a harmonium. It's like a little, like accordion slash keyboard thing. I've oh, seen so I've many people. I've never seen that before. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> so if you ever go to a kirtan session or like see a yoga perso person chanting, they have like either a harmonium, I think that's what it's called, don't quote me, but okay. that or like the the drums, the steel pan drums. Or oh, like oh, the hand pans? Yeah. Oh, those yeah, are super oh, cool. I love those. Um, or like sound bowls too. So mm. the crystal um, sound bowls are really, really cool. Um, and those are all kind of different types of, or tools rather, that kind of help you to get. Like elevates your experience. Right, yeah. it helps you kind of get into like a meditative state. Um, so if you've never like chanted before, like it's powerful on its own, like if you can get into the zone and like get to that place, but in a group setting, it's like really great. It's kind of like, you know, an orchestra, like you yeah. have, one instrument playing by itself is, you know, beautiful, but like when you have it amplified by like so many more Instru players, yeah. yeah, instruments, it's like, it completely changes the game. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the same thing with chanting and that type of yoga. I want to go to Wanderlust. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it's funny because that's actually, it's a very stereotypical, like, westernization of yoga yeah but at the same time I had a really great time and I recommend it to people yeah so like there's lots of I, I don't want to be that person but there's lots of like wealthy white women at yoga festivals mm -hmm. um, and as a person who has really never been like a wealthy yoga practitioner like I part of my uh, reason for teaching yoga is to like help and like offering free classes and stuff like that is to help make it more accessible to people who can't afford it and um, sorry this is kind of political I guess we're on a rant but yeah, okay. Wanderlust is very much like um, it's kind of expensive it's kind of like a Coachella or something where you have to buy this ticket that's you know up there in prices like EDC yeah. or something 
Um, and I actually went as a volunteer, so that's another option for people. Um, if you volunteer, um, you get like a free day pass, so that's kind of how I experienced it. And like when you're done with your volunteer shift, you can also attend the festival and things like that. So it was fun, and actually I think if I ever go again, I'll probably just be a volunteer because yeah, it also adds to the experience. Um, because like you, you also community. get to help. You, help, you mm -hmm. get to help with the experience and then also have yeah. an experience of your own. Exactly. Um, but there is, you know, very much like, oh, it was kind of, it was almost a little bit ironic because they had like a big kind of rave party night thing mm -hmm. um, at night, but then they'd have like, you know, 7 or 8 a.m. yoga classes. And it was just like, to me, like I've never really been into partying a whole lot or drinking a whole lot. So like when I was there, I was like, I'm not going to drink alcohol. Yeah, like what? Yeah, I'm not going to party and then do yoga in yeah, the morning. Exactly. I but won't I sleep. <laughs> it's exactly. I mean, it was up at Tahoe and like higher elevation yoga. Like, oh my God, that's hard. <laughs> oh yeah. How does that affect you? Like, um, It's harder to breathe, right? It is. It yeah. just makes everything a little bit more difficult. Like at that point when I went, I was in pretty good shape and like doing yoga regularly, but it made it even harder yeah, for sure. So I like, bet. by the end of the day, like I wanted to pass out. So mm -hmm. I wasn't even thinking about partying, but then I just thought that was a little bit you know, it's, it's weird. Yeah, ironic. Yeah, yeah, it's ironic that, like, people are up really night, like, getting wasted and then, like, trying to get up early to take yoga classes. Yeah. Like, like, when, yeah, it's just, like, you're not supposed to be hungover when you do yoga. And then you can smell it. Yeah, you <laughs> can you definitely sweat. smell it. Well, um, well, we're already at the 52-minute mark. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, is there anything, I know you, you mentioned before that you like to, you know, spit in some philosophy every now and then in your yoga classes. Mm -hmm. So what's one thing that you would like to say that you say in your classes? Um, so I think I talked a little bit about like vinyasa being the pairing of movement with breath. And I think that's kind of essential to any person looking to practice yoga. So even if you practice at home or you go to a lead class or you know work on, on your own, um, it's just important to listen to your body. Um, so vinyasa is really that pairing of movement with breath. So when you inhale, really try to think about what it is your body's doing. And when you're exhaling, like really try to just be mindful of where you're at. Um, but I think one kind of tidbit, it's not really philosophy, I would recommend a posture to somebody, anybody really, mm -hmm. is um, legs up against the wall. So you can rest with your legs like straight up, just lying on your back on the floor. Um, or you can move like to a wall and rest with your legs up against the wall. Um, that's a really great posture for anybody. Um, it allows the counterflow of blood and lymph in the body. So it allows gravity to push down on the blood and the lymph, which is kind of your uh, waste removal system. So it mm. clears toxins from the body. Um, when we spend most of our day upright, you know, gravity's pushing down on yeah. us. It kind of just gives your body a moment to be in a different place, to kind of relax. It's a very um, restful position. Um, it allows you to kind of just relax and hang out for a little cool. bit. Um. Is it weird if I asked you to demonstrate it? Or? The legs of the wall? Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, but I have to hold your thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm a visual person, all so right. I was like, as I was listening to you, I was like, uh, yeah, sure, I can't really oh picture it. I'm sitting right like now. that, my legs are frozen right here. <laughs> so you can just move to a wall. I like to get like the side of my butt to look like wall, and then I just swing my legs up. Oh, so, oh, that was it? Yeah. Oh, well, that it's was It's really that was passive. <laughs> yeah. 
and you can just hang out here and it feels really nice. For anybody who like is a waiter or you're on your feet all day, this is a great pose to just kind of sit and chill out in for a little bit. Um, if you're stressed or feeling anxious, this is also a really good pose to just hang out in. And even if you're fine, you can just hang out here and it's good for your body. Cool. I'm going to go do that tonight. <laughs> Swing myself back up. <laughs> All right. Here's your Thanks. microphone pack. All right. Well, where can we find you online? Online. Okay. So my handle is Namaste Traveler um, on Facebook, Instagram, and I think those are the only two I'm on. Cool. <laughs> so you can find me there. You can find me physically here at Sin City Yoga. Like, can we go on Sin City Yoga and like find you on their website? Yeah, so you can check out the schedule for the studio online. Um, it's all online um, as far as the class descriptions, who's teaching and when we're teaching. Um, and I have it on my website too, which is also namastetraveler.com. Okay, yeah, I was gonna ask, like, I swear you have a website. <laughs> I always forget about it. Yes, I do have a website. Yay, okay. <laughs> All of that will be in the description below, plus um, her yoga video, her sun salutations oh, yeah. video. I know you don't like to put that out there. Oh, no, you can put it out just there. For, just for anyone who's, Check you know, been following us, and thank you for listening, and thank, thank you for you. being here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, is there anything, any last words you'd like to say before I in the podcast. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. Yay. It's a pleasure. Yay, I'm glad. See, it wasn't that bad. She was no, nervous I was earlier. Nervous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Thank you. Make sure to follow and subscribe and like all the jazz. And yeah, until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>